Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Is this why we live in northern Arizona or what? I mean, it's just so beautiful. We are absolutely famous up here for long autumns. It's the best season pretty much anywhere you go in the world, especially the southwest. But then this central highlands, the, the towns in in northern Arizona, the, this, the higher elevation type of, of communities, we are just long, long autumns. And so we'll get a dip in, in weather, then it'll warm back up. It'll dip down again, it'll warm back up. It sort, of, it sort of does this all the way through winter, which can mess with certain plants. So you need to be careful. Right now, we've not seen any moisture in the landscape probably for a month, maybe, maybe more. And your plants are using moisture. And so if you're if your gardener, if you turned off that irrigation and you shut it down back end of October, November, and, and you haven't watered in, in two, three weeks, you probably should think about breaking out a hose. You should water your plants by hand if you need to. I know oh, the irrigation's turned off. I actually don't turn our irrigation off. It's insulated so it won't freeze. So everything's underground. In fact, I'll take... Uh, bags of mulch or potting soil, things that I'm going to use next spring anyway. And I've put those over top of my irrigation boxes. So so that valve in the ground, just insurance, just to make sure. I use bags of soil. They're like huge pillows uh, of dirt. And there's nothing better for insulation than that, than, than more soil. Mounding up soil over your irrigation box, things that can freeze, it's a game changer. It just, it can't freeze if you do that, or I've never had uh, any of my parts freeze by doing that. I'll actually take them around the well house and I'll plug up holes with, with bags of dirt. It's easier and cleaner than, than just shoveling stuff up there. Uh, and then I, I'll use them up next March, April, May. Once the worst of the weather's over, I'll kind of, I'll use them up, uh, especially like manure. You know you're going to need bags of manure uh, by, by next spring to, to reinvigorate your gardens, your vegetable and flower beds next spring. You might even spread some on top of your lawns, kind of even things out, green it up faster. So think in terms of those things that you're going to need anyway next year. Get them now and insulate your your irrigation. But the point going back to plants need water in northern Arizona through winter. You cannot turn them off. This is a really hard concept for you Midwestern folks to wrap your brains around. And so we don't get a permafreeze. We don't have an ice layer that locks everything into place like Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, the the Midwest does. Here, we actually, it it gets, gets nice like this. This is what it does. We'll get a storm that gets real cold and then it'll turn right back and, and, and be nice again. Even in January, our coldest month, uh, it it's, can still be nice out. Yeah, you might put an extra layer on, but we don't have parkas and things. Now, you, you folks up in the White Mountains, okay, 
maybe a little different, okay? Sholo, a little different, maybe Flagstaff, but still, it's pretty nice. And so your plants, you should water them a couple times a month. Give them a deep soak. Even in January, give them a deep soak. So, or, or, or cycle your irrigation clock if it's still powered up, but do it in the middle of the day. Instead of in first thing in the morning, which typically that's what the books say, water before dawn, water really early, hydrate before the heat of the day. Well, in the winter, there's never, there is no heat of the day. So I moved my irrigation, the timer, it's, it's going to cycle the same amount of time, a couple hours for trees and shrubs, but it's going to come on at like 11 o'clock in the morning because now we're out of that freeze cycle. I'm not worried about things coming on and then icicles coming out of those drip emitters. If you did turn yours off, just power up the hose. Do it the old-fashioned way and just go out and water things. Took a nice day. Talk to neighbors. Say hi. Watch the birds and the bees going by. And just water things by hand. Especially your new plantings. So if you've got... A trees and shrubs, say, especially evergreens, they're more sensitive. They're using more moisture because they've got more foliage exposed to the sun, the wind, the environment. And so they tend to dry out faster than, let's say, deciduous plants, those things that have lost their leaves. So really watch after that hedgerow, uh, red tip photenia, or, uh, junipers. Watch, your, watch those things and really water those. A big new Colorado spruce. It's less than a year old. Make sure you're watering those things a couple times a month. Doesn't take a lot of frequency. Doesn't take very often. But when you do it, give it a deep soak so you're hydrating the whole thing. And that will ensure that you get through this winter. Next spring, you'll have this great new flush of growth. It won't be damaged sometimes if it gets dry and we get a real cold snap, which will eventually happen. <laughs> doesn't look like it now, but eventually we're going to go... You know, double digits, single digits to the higher elevations, that can damage plants if they're dry. As long as they're moist, it keeps that antifreeze flowing back and forth uh, up and down the stems of that, the, those branches and keeps them healthy. So they'll come out of next spring with better growth. You'll have better fruit. you have better blossom. you have better lilacs, better evergreen candle growth. It'll just be better. Just trust me. Kind of watch that one. So kind of put it on your radar. And make sure that you're still watering infrequently. That'll help you. If you get a good snow, good rain or something, uh, you can cut one of those back. But I would say at the minimum, once a month. Preferably twice a month. Just just kind of trust me. If you're new to the area, this will save your landscapes and really get you better growth next spring. I was helping a customer just before the show started. Um, he was having aphids on his trees. He's, he's seen this glistening from his pine trees. He's going, Ken, is, is that even possible? I mean, it's autumn. Don't they go away? I'm going, no, no. this is when the, they really get bad. When it's kind of mild out, aphids love spring and fall. They like cold nights, bright, sunny, warm days. That's where they thrive. And so you'll tend to get this, the rocks underneath your pine trees or your aspens, they'll start to get this glistening. It looks like the, the rocks are wet or some of the foliage, it'll have a, a glistening to it, kind of a shininess to it. Yet we've had no rain. The irrigation hasn't run. There's, there's no reason for the plant to look wet. Well, that's aphid dew or, or honeydew is what we call it. But it's basically excrement from aphids. They're sucking the life out of the tree. They're sucking the, the juices out and they poop out the resins 
out the back end. And so they get, they, it leaves this glossiness. Um, you do not want to leave aphids on your trees. Don't, don't let them do damage. So plants need moisture, like I was saying before. Well, they don't need aphids taking the moisture out of the top of it. So just it's not good for them. They can damage. They won't kill the tree or, or shrub, but they will damage it. So you'll get some dieback on the tips, on the branches. They can affect your bud growth on your new spruce trees, pines. They, they seem to really like the pine trees. That's their native thing to eat. So they're taken care of. They, they generally feed off of ponderosa pinion pines. But they can migrate over onto other things. This is, a, this is a larger aphid than normal. So kind of watch that one. They're not really active right now on roses that I've seen. But I'm hearing more and more customers here, at least in Prescott, Arizona. Here at Waters Garden Center, we're, having, we're seeing customers with aphid issues. If you see that, soapy water, an oil-based bug killer. Um, if, if you really want to obliterate them and keep them off, kind of a preventative and, and repellent, Sayonara. It's a, it's, a, it's a bug liquid bug killer. You ho- put in a hose and sprayer, hose down the pine or the spruce or whatever you see, and it's got an odor to it that they can smell that keeps them off. It kills them if you, if you hit them, but then it, 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 it coats that foliage, whether it's an evergreen or, or conifer or deciduous tree or whatever, it, it coats it so that it smells so they don't, they don't want to fly over and eat more of it. So they tend to be very communal. They'll come in and eat your plants by the hundreds or the thousands. And so this kind of keeps them from, from flying in and congregating on the tops and the tips of your plants. Got a lot in store for you this week. A lot of informative information. Timely. Uh, right after this, Lisa Waters Lane coming in after a few important breaks. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for November are Flowering Pear, English Ivy, Camellias, and Vanderwolf Pine. Vanderwolf is related to Arizona pines with fluffy foliage. It's remarkably resilient in dry Arizona soils. Makes a graceful specimen in yards or expansive estate landscapes. This distinctive pine, long, twisted, silver-blue needles covering the dense branches. Carefree and easy to grow. Shop by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. I used to be cocky and actually dared to beat the big boxes at their own game. Since the beginning, we were known for the very best plants in town. But with youthful ambition, we added a line of inferior plants, contractor grade, that matched the box stores and beat their prices. We failed miserably. The plants were side by side. Waters hand-picked quality at the higher price and the inferior plants at the lower price with astounding results. The inferior plants, not bad quality, just not full and nice, were still there a month later. The hand-picked quality plants, they had been restocked twice and the bench was empty again. The youthful cockiness, it's tempered and with age comes wisdom and knowing who you really are. Waters Garden Center doesn't compete with the marts and the boxes. We simply grow the very best plants our family is famous for. We will never offer inferior plants. Cross my heart. Pinky swear. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. Gardener. 
Okay, we are back with Ken and Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. What are neighbors talking about? What's what's the garden community talking about? So it's good to share that over the airwaves. Lisa, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. You recharged after visiting all those grandkids <laughs> in Texas? I'm I'm starting to. Yes. <laughs> They're fun, but woo, they wear you out. They do wear you out. They are mm-hmm. active. Three of them. We have mm-hmm. three grandkids, uh, two grandsons, 10 and 7, a granddaughter, she three or four, three. three. And so they are a handful. But they a get good going. Handful. Oh, yeah. It's not like they're. It's energetic. Yeah. They're just, you know, a lot more than what we're used to. I think we're, we were used to. We raised four kids, but. Yeah. That's I, a long time I've ago. I've forgotten <laughs> how much. How much. That's. Parenting is for young people, not mm. not for uh, grandparents. That is true. So, um, anyway, it's just yeah. fun to see them. Good, good fun to be gone. Mm-hmm. So fun. they live in uh, Nolanville. If you know where that is, that's just what is that west of Waco, in between Austin and and Dallas. They're up up in there, right by Colleen. He he works mm-hmm. at Fort Hood, so he's a PA for the First Armored First Cav. Basically, if you shoot a cannon and you get hurt. He and his team are going to take care of you. That's the way it is. And so we're very proud of him. Uh, and, and they just have this great home. They just mm-hmm. moved home, to. Brand new home. Yeah. You helped him plant a tree while he was there. There we go. A Southern Magnolia. A real one. <laughs> you can't do that in Prescott, Arizona. So there you can. They do really well. Yeah, so. he was pretty excited about that. Yeah. It's really beautiful was. front yard. It is beautiful. They have lawns. Everything is grass. No, no rock. It's all, they moved from El Paso, which is all <laughs> waters, dust and rock, dust yeah. and rock yeah. to everything is green. Mm-hmm. So just how different things are. Yeah. He's showing yeah. off his lawnmower, all battery operated. DeWalt lawnmower <laughs> takes two, two 20 volt batteries or something. Really? Anyway, I'm going, wow, they can Ooh. do that anymore. Interesting. Give him a year, he'll have a riding lawnmower out there. I don't know that their yard is big enough for that. So. Does it matter? I know. Tools. We need tools. I'm trying to talk him into a boat. Oh, right in the middle of, of uh, water country down there. So Yeah, his wife wasn't real thrilled with that. Aspect. Yeah, we'll still, we'll work, we'll work on her next. It took me like 10 years to get you converted. 10? Maybe longer. <laughs> anyway. Uh, now we own a houseboat. All the toys up in Lake Powell, which is like a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And now yours. <laughs> so we should talk garden <laughs> garden stuff. What's uh, What are some garden questions we got this week? Well, sure. So Paul has a question. In October, he planted a pine and a spruce. Yeah. So he just wants to know, what should the watering be right now? And then second part, he also planted a maple, which, of course, has lost its leaves. Yeah, right. So he's asking, do I really need to water that in the winter? Because yeah. it has no leaves. Yeah, that's a good, good, good question. Yeah. So so I covered that a little bit at the start of the show, but this is good to go deeper. So we go deciduous, maple trees. They've lost their leaves. Now they're just bare. Mm-hmm. And then evergreens, so a spruce, pine, firs, all that. Um, you're going to water both the same. So, so they're going to need water through winter, especially the evergreen. Mm-hmm. I would say a couple times a month. Deep soak them like you would in June. It's 90 degrees out. It's bone dry. Think you're watering things more regularly. You're watering once a week then. Well, water like that, that same amount, but just do it a couple times a month. Okay. Pick a nice day. Right through winter. We're talking January, this month, next month, through through typically I don't know, March. 
in April, you start to power things back up mm -hmm. and you're into regular water. By then the lilacs are blooming. The forsythia have been, been in bloom. The, you know, everything's starting to really go in April. Then you're kind of turning things back on the way they you normally would water mm -hmm. in the growing, growing season. So twice a month. Yeah. And I would think that would be especially important for newly planted oh, yeah. trees. Yeah. Especially for them. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that's good, good advice for all landscapes. Mm -hmm. If you've got an ancient, you know, 30 year old spruce tree, probably less, less need, but you just never know how dry things mm -hmm. are going to be here. So it's just, if it's really dry, you haven't seen water in a month and a half, you probably should water everything, right. but especially the new things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Next question is from Sonia. She heard you mention at one point something that should be added in addition to fertilizer to help the lilacs and the forsythias bloom yeah. better. Yeah, that's spring. good. Yeah, so that's really easy. So uh, superphosphate, it's 0, 18, 0. So that's, that middle number forms flowers. Mm -hmm. And so if you're having, if you want larger flowers, say had a good bloom last year, last spring, but you just want more, more fragrance, more bigger, deeper, richer, put superphosphate, add that in addition. It's a, again, a granular, kind of like a fertilizer, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really feed the, it feeds the flower buds, not mm -hmm. the actual leaf, leaf buds. Right. So your all purpose plant food that does everything. It's, it's balanced, but it's seven, four, four. Now you're going to go seven, 20, what is it? 22, four. <laughs> you just jacked up that middle number off the charts, which is really important for anything that blooms fruit mm -hmm. trees, um, anything, especially lilacs, they tend to run out of food yeah. and they stop blooming. If you don't do that, uh, I, I would go to Iris, mm -hmm. Um, anything that blooms, add the superphosphate, give it a handful or two. And let let winter break it down. If you're an organic gardener, organic, bone organic, meal? Organic, zero, ten, zero, could do it. So the problem with bone meal for lilacs, mm -hmm. specifically their question, it breaks down so slowly, you're almost putting it on this year for next mm -hmm. year. So okay. it's, it's typically ground up chicken bone is uh -huh. what bone meal is. And so it just breaks down much longer. It's a much longer release, which is mm -hmm. great, completely organic. So for, for let's say, tomato gardens, mm -hmm. that's a great one. I'll put bone meal, a little scoop of that underneath each plant. So the roots grow through the bone meal, picks up that phosphorus. Mm -hmm. So I get bigger tomatoes, more tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So, But for, for probably not ideal for spring blooming okay. kinds of, of shrubs. Mm -hmm. If you want blooms here and really they're forming buds right now. Mm -hmm. Lilacs have buds on them right oh, now. Yeah. Probably superphosphate's better for that. Okay. So it's come see us for more. Top. If you're not, if we just confused you, come <laughs> see us at the garden center. We'll <laughs> put you straight. Sorry about that. So. <laughs> okay. Barb and Chino wants to know, does she need to give extra protection to the roses for yep. winter? And when should they be pruned back? Yeah, good question. So that's kind of a combo. So it sounds like she's from the Midwest. That's what you do in Chicago. That kind of you'll, you'll cut them back, put a cage around them, take your shredded leaves and put them and insulate that rose bush to get them through winter. Mm -hmm. We don't do any of that here. So uh, maybe up in the White Mountains, maybe Flagstaff if you're in a shadier area. Mm -hmm. But really, you just let winter do its thing. And then you'll clean it up in March. March is when we prune. In the mountains of Arizona, March is when we prune. Not so much the desert. Mm -hmm. So Phoenix, Tucson, it's different. Yeah. There you're pruning now. Mm -hmm. But up here, we keep that foliage up to protect the structure, the heart of that, that, 
that plant mm -hmm. and then we'll clean it up in March, fertilize it and it just starts blooming by the end of April. It's in bloom kind of 45 days later, just like that. It's in full bloom. Mm -hmm. So can you think of anything really that would need extra protection that you would have to go that far to cage it? But, yeah, you know, dahlias. If you're into, okay. if you're really into exotic kind of flowers, mm -hmm. dahlias have a have a root to them. Generally, they say dig them up and store them in the garage. But I have actually taken extra dirt, kind of mm -hmm. mounded it up over it through winter. And if that root ball, that rhizome doesn't freeze, it'll come back. Mm -hmm. If it does freeze, well, I know where you can come and buy a new <laughs> one, probably an exotic new color next May right. here at Waters Garden Center. So that's that's one. Mm -hmm. um, if you're into exotics, exotic yeah. camellias, we have a hardy camellia here. But if you're growing the more tropical Southern California one, mm -hmm. those don't winter over unless you protect it. Right. Uh, some some azaleas, rhododendrons can be mm -hmm. that way. They're more tropical or they're kind of borderline. Okay. We tend to sell the hardy ones here. Mm -hmm. But if you got one from you know online or something, yeah. you might have to protect that. So that's that borderline stuff. Right. We'll actually bring ours closer to the house. We mm -hmm. grow some some palm trees. They're hardy. There's own eight, <laughs> but they're really not that hardy. If we go harsh winter, we'll, but if you bring it next to the house, yeah. it, it insulates it. Usually we put it in our entryway, but now it's so big, we will be able to get in the door. We might cut it back. <laughs> uh, we'll see what to do. I take it in the backyard. Anyway, that's it for this segment. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Garden, will be right back right after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants for November are Vanderwolf Pine, Flowering Pear, English Ivy, and Camellias. Ice Angel Camellias produce amazing 3-inch rosy blossoms with petals that radiate out from the center of Camellias deserve front yard status or admired on a patio or deck. Well adapted to acidic soils beneath oaks, native junipers, and maples. Loves shade gardens, containers, and raised beds. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Some stores are meant to dash into, hunt down your purchase, and leave promptly. It's part of our 24-7 cyber world where it's difficult to decompress, slow down, and enjoy the environment. We miss the tactile experiences, fragrance, and enjoyment that come from slowing down and admiring the majesty of something as simple as a butterfly. Waters has elevated lingering to an art form with experiential pauses built into the very DNA of the garden center. We're designed purposefully for leisurely strolls through the many greenhouses that beckon guests to enjoy the plants. We work tirelessly to craft an environment that aesthetically reflects the cycle of the seasons. When you finally have a plant question, one of Waters' plant ambassadors are here to help you choose plants that will thrive in your landscape. Decompress and learn how to linger in the garden once again. Here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love to slow down in the garden, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So you're seeing lots of trees show up at garden centers. Uh, we're seeing uh, there's tree shortages going on. So especially cut 
Christmas trees. You should be aware. Uh, Christmas trees will start showing up next week. So in the next week or so, if you're thinking about a living cut tree, a fresh cut tree, traditional Christmas tree, you put in a Christmas tree stand, um, don't wait. When you see them, grab them because they won't be there by maybe even the first, second week of December. They're going to go fast and there's nothing to restock with. This is the this is across the country. So no, so no matter what town you're in, Payson, uh, Winslow, it doesn't matter, Kingman, if you see it, grab it because it won't be there the next time you show up at the store. Just kind of uh, trust me. The prices are going to be high, higher than normal than, than last year, up by 20 30% is my prediction. That's what we're hearing. Um, and then there's going to be shortages. So they just it's, it's trucking cost. It's shortages at the farm. It's labor to get them to actually harvest them. There's a, there's a whole sequence of stuff that are some COVID-related, some they just didn't plan 10 years ago when they were planting Christmas trees. You need a eight, seven, 10-foot tree. They didn't plant enough. And just, the demand is just not there. I'm not hearing that about the plastic, you know, artificial trees, uh, living trees. We sell living Christmas trees here at Waters Garden Center. So we've decided to get out of the cut tree business. It's just not something we stand for. We want to plant things and watch them grow. And so to cut, cut living trees down, it just goes against my grain. So we've really focused on living Christmas trees. Use it, decorate it, bring it indoors, put presents, enjoy it. When you're done, go outside and plant it and watch it grow. So that's, that's a living Christmas tree. There's not as many shortages of that. And so I think we've guessed right. Although the demand, I mean, we are twice as many trees this year as last year. It just from 20 to 21, twice here at Waters Garden Center. I don't know if that's the whole country. There is a trend of more living trees, more evergreens, more landscaping. We're seeing a lot of homeowners, new homes coming in and they're planting and they're doing it right now. And so we're having to restock and we've been able to keep up so with, with quality products. When you're doing that, when you think of a living tree, there's really two kinds of living Christmas trees or living evergreen kind of trees. I've actually sold cherry trees uh, as Christmas trees. People go, I don't want a spruce. I need a new what, you know, maple tree. I'm going to use that as my decoration and I'm going to go plant it when I'm done. So, but that's not traditional. Traditional is spruce, pine, fir, your traditional Christmas tree looking uh, of evergreens. So when you're, when you're planting those, there's two kinds. So we'll have, we'll grow the smaller ones in containers. So they're field grown out, out on a big, uh, on acreage. And we'll plant that seedling into a bucket, a grower's pot. And it will actually grow and mature inside of that container. That's a container grown tree. That doesn't work that well for larger trees. Larger trees, it takes longer. So they got to be 10, 12, 15 years old before they're really large. So you just can't invest that much time into a container. There we're field growing those. We'll plant them up in a row and we'll mature them. We'll root prune them. We'll, we'll shape them in the ground. So they're grown like corn out in a, in a farmer's field. And so they're, they're matured. And then we'll go in and harvest those. We've harvested those several months ago. Cut, cut the root ball, dug it out of the grounds. So it's generally a round root ball. And then it's got burlap around it. So we call it ball and burlap 
type of, of tree. Now it can be in a bucket. We'll generally put it into a container because that helps us ship it to the garden center. Helps us to merchandise it, show it off, let you walk around it, see it. It's less messy, easier to water, easier to care for. But the, the, the bucket itself is really just a, a sleeve to hold the pot while it's here at the garden center. You're going to pull it out. That, that bur ball and burlap, that burlap around the root ball, it keeps the root intact. And then we'll tie it with some jute, jute uh, just rope at the top. And so when you plant those, you're taking them out of that bucket. You put it in the ground when you're all done with the celebrations. Or let's say you're just landscaping. You're putting that in the ground. Then you'll leave that burlap on the root. The roots go right through it like it was nothing. Of course, burlap is very organic, very natural. It decomposes very quickly. You do tend to cut that jute netting, that jute uh, rope at the top around the trunk. You cut that off and kind of lay it back. But you don't take the burlap off. So there's really two kinds of trees you're finding at a garden center right now. Container grown, there is no ball, there's no burlap. It's just the bucket. And when you pull it out, the roots are so fibrous, so rooted in that it just stays together and you plant it right in the ground. Or ball and burlap, there, these are larger trees, typically four, five, six plus foot. And then they're, they're, you're, you're taking it out of that bucket and planting it in your gardens with the, the, the burlap surrounded root ball all intact. You put it right in the ground just like that. So ball and burlap and container grown. And now you're a you're a nursery expert. That's why and how they're doing certain kinds of trees. And you learned it from Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener here at Waters Garden Center. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our instant Raywood Ash. Raywoods are known for their handsome fall foliage that turns colors of red to royal purple. Just stunning. The leaves have a fine texture which add a softness to harsh rock yard. At $120, these instant trees are magnificent. 12 feet tall with a 6 foot spread. You won't have to wait for this tree to grow up. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love instant trees, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Okay, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio, my favorite gal. And she comes and shares her garden tips just with the masses, the masses. <laughs> throughout Northern Arizona. This <laughs> thing masses. does get broad, gets scary. How many people tune in and listen to this? We get neighbors, neighborhoods getting together and listening in kind of stuff. We're just so, that entertaining. Well, in our own minds, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're that entertaining. Oh, I, did. I think you're so entertaining. I would marry you. I'd marry you and have kids with you. I would marry you and have grandkids with you. Would you have schnauzers? <laughs> Herds, herds and herds of schnauzers, which are great. Yeah, there we go. So uh, what do you got for us this week before we derail anymore? <laughs> well, we are coming up on Thanksgiving next Yay! week. Can you believe that? Big old turkeys. Give me a ham. I'm a, are you a ham or a turkey gal? Uh, ham? Really? 
turkey? I'm a Southern guy. I like ham. We do ham. Do I like ham. We always had smoked, you know, Virginian hams. Yeah. And that's what we had for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, turkey. What is turkey? We never, I don't remember well, turkey as then a kid. You're in luck because I think Joanne, my sister Joanne, is they're smoking a ham. Ooh, nice. I'm, for, I'm yeah. loving it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I like potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. The there we go. <laughs> I like bacon put on top of my, my, my potato. That's what I like. And your family does make a really mean broccoli casserole. Oh, oh my we goodness. Do. That's my a mouth tradition. just watered. Yes. Yeah. Pumpkin pies. Mm -hmm. Your mom had makes the best pumpkin pie ever. Oh my gosh. She, does. she makes a good one. What a recipe. Yeah. So anyways, that's coming up next week. And you're yep. right. A lot of people are going to be cooking their dinners. And the thing to think about is we still have a lot of fresh herbs in stock. So, you know, you could pay you know, seven or eight bucks for some dried up old herbs or come over and get some fresh ones. Yep. We still have sage. We have thyme, yeah. uh, rosemary, lavender, uh, oregano, um, I miss chives, chives mint, all that oh, yeah. stuff. Sure. So, yeah. Get your fresh herbs. You can even put them outside. These are all herbs that are yeah. winter over just fine. Yeah. Um, and you'll have them for Christmas. I was helping a customer <laughs> with some herbs uh, yesterday mm -hmm. and uh, oregano. And they're going, I, I can't believe there's this many kinds of oregano, oh spicy oregano and regular oregano. And uh -huh. just, there were like three or four varieties. They're break, all hearty oregano. and they have different, different tastes, different mm -hmm. flavors to them. Not yeah. crazy different, but some different taste. Them. They're kind of fun. If you're yeah. into oregano, taste them. They're all organic. Mm -hmm. You can taste them right there on the bench. See mm -hmm. which one's your favorite. Get two. Gosh, they're cheap. Right. Take grow two. Definitely. And we also have some bigger sizes, rosemaries and lavenders. So if you need to redo oh, yeah. some of your pots, um, both of those are great plants to put in for the fall and winter. They'll take it just fine. And it's still, there's plenty of time to be putting pansies out. So why not put a pansy, you know, pansy and rosemary pot together and have it by your front door? Sprinkle some, uh, some pansy flowers on top of the salad. Oh, there you go. Thanksgiving dinner. People Fun will be sale. wowed. <laughs> Totally edible. <laughs> so there is still plenty of time to put your pansies out, your violas out, calendulas, uh, Dusty Miller, alyssum. Yeah. All that kind of stuff is still, and it's a good time to re redo your pots. I was looking at some of our pots and because we've been traveling so much. Yeah. Um, we still have like Calabacoa and one. I think we have Lantana and another. <laughs> They'll be gone here shortly. They this will. week probably. They will. I mean, we've enjoyed some beautiful weather, but it will get cold. Yeah. And so it's a really good time to redo your pots. If you haven't done that, time so, to do it. We and those nice things election. will go through winter. They'll go through snow. Oh, yeah. They'll go through. These are winter blooming flowers, mm -hmm. winter harvest of herbs, winter right. vegetables. Mm -hmm. These are all things that like the cold, oh, the, yeah. amount, the bright days, cold nights. They mm -hmm. like that. Right. And so put them out there. Enjoy mm -hmm. them. You Definitely. decorate the Thanksgiving dinner table with flowers and then go plant them outside after, Ooh. you know, on Friday. Aren't you the creative well, one? Well, there we go. I'm here for you. <laughs> here for the, the listeners of the mountain gardener. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the other things I wanted to let people know we got in is some gorgeous 45 gallon Arizona Cypress. Those are impressive. They're really now, impressive. If anybody knows, if they've been tracking anything, we've had a heck of a time finding some bigger yeah. sizes of yeah. things and we finally tracked some down. Uh, so we got some 45 and some 15 gallon regular 
Arizona cypress and, and they're nice, nice and full look yeah. good. They're going to yeah. be beautiful trees. If you're looking for some instant screen, oh my gosh, these would be perfect. This is it. the native, thus, thus Arizona cypress. Mm -hmm. It grows wild. I came across, I was do, doing a uh, ATV ride down the backside of between Skull Valley and Kirkland. Mm -hmm. There's a wild forest of Arizona cypress sitting right, right. there, mm -hmm. driving right up on them. They kind of look like junipers, a little bit bigger, yeah. more shapely, colorful junipers, mm -hmm. uh, but they grow fast, probably the fastest of the evergreens. Mm -hmm. So for privacy, for those windbreaks out in Paulden, yeah. Chino Valley, Williamson bigger Valley. Williamson Valley, you've got wind. Put some Arizona cypress out there mm -hmm. in that southwest corner. Mm -hmm. It'll block the wind for you because they right. get big enough. These are 25 by 12 foot wide, dense evergreens. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the uh, allergies that, that the native junipers do. They put on a little pine cone instead of a, a berry. Right. Uh, but they're just good, strong. And they're, mm -hmm. they've been impossible to find mm -hmm. big ones. Mm -hmm. And then we might not get replacements. This, is, right. this may be it. For 2022, I mean, it's right. not to put that kind of urgency, but they're just, they're really hard to find. They they're scarce. They're crop, crop scarce. Hard yeah. to find. And we also still have in some really nice 10 and six gallon blue ice Arizona cypress. Yeah. And I love the mix of the two together. I think that's a really attractive look too. So don't miss out on those if you've been well, looking it's winter. for them. I can't plant now. You can plant. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yes, you can. It's yes. all those California Phoenix oh, folks. Yeah. If it's below 70 degrees, they're going, oh, I, I must go inside and hibernate. It's cold. <laughs> it's winter. <laughs> It's <laughs> hilarious. No, yeah, plenty of time to plant. Um, and then also next week, we'll be getting our arrivals of poinsettias Yay. and Christmas cactus. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people asking, Christmas cactus in you? Yeah. They've become, I think they almost outsell they do. poinsettias. Here, here they do. Which is crazy. Yeah, I don't know about globally. I don't know about no, nationally. But here. But here at Waters Garden Center and at, mm -hmm. at many garden centers, independent garden centers, mm -hmm. it, you will sell more of the decorative mm -hmm. Christmas cactus, amaryllis, right. that kind of Then we do poinsettias. We sell a lot. Yeah. We sell hundreds of poinsettias. Right. We right. sell more Christmas cactus. And that's mm -hmm. one that you want to catch early too, because we have lots of colors, mm -hmm. but we'll start to sell out and we'll completely sell out before mm -hmm. Christmas. So you've got two, three weekends really to, to get, if you like Christmas cactus, you want to grab them when you see them. Don't wait because the, the crop will actually run out. Right. So we'll be right. gone. On purpose. And we usually get three different sizes, yeah. uh, four inch, six inch, and eight inch, which are usually gorgeous. Yeah, huge. Uh, nice, big, usually come in a hanging basket because yeah. they're just big. And same with the poinsettias, four inch, six inch, eight inch. So depending upon your decorating needs. We got, we got them it. here at Water Garden Center. <laughs> there you they're, go. They're also great for if you're going, party season is starting. Uh, terrific. Bring your Christmas cactus or poinsettia, something like Hostess that. Hostess gift kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. and it always goes over well. And all the ladies will gather around and go, oh, you're so lucky. Ken, Ken and Lisa brought a poinsettia. Oh my gosh. You could bring a bottle of wine or oh. <laughs> you can do both. Yeah. But yeah, it's getting to be that season to decorate. And we'll be, when are you putting up the Christmas lights, honey? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure yet oh, oh, this year. Are you putting them up this year? The grandkids are staying at home. They're not coming in. So it's less. Okay. We'll see. I'll get so motivated. I said, do I have to put up a tree this yes. year? Yeah. Because yeah. the, the grandkids aren't coming. Still, it's for you and I. Sometimes you do it just for us. Oh, I love presents under the tree. 
I love sipping eggnog while you decorate the tree. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I think we need people's opinions. Yeah. Oh my God. Do I have we to go. put up a tree this year? Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Come in and tell, come in and tell Lisa your opinion. Cause I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and then let Ken know. Yeah. Don't shoot voice me now. an email. I don't want to have a text <laughs> and I don't want to talk to you how you, but if you need help with a Christmas tree of your own living one, mm -hmm. I'll be glad to help you and hear your opinion. Otherwise, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'll do a living one and keep it outside. No, that could be fun. Yeah. Well, we'll talk. Okay. Yeah. Compromise? Well, I don't, yeah, maybe. Okay, we are out of time. We're just digressing <laughs> down. <laughs> anyway, we'll okay, move on. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, hopefully even halfway entertaining and even more informative. We'll be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. I grew up in the family business with my three sisters, and I've raised four of my own kids in the same garden center. Waters isn't just another business in town. This is part of our home, an extension of who we are. My family spends more time here than we do at home. It's basically an extension of our living room. We just have more friends over than most. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, and you'll feel welcomed, peaceful, and at home here at Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. If you're thinking of a evergreen for Christmas, using a, an evergreen tree, a living Christmas tree, using an actual living plant with roots and all inside the home or, or out on a deck or at an entry to your house, there's lots of ways to use decorative trees. Decorate them up, put lights on them, dress them up, put presents underneath. If you're thinking about doing that, here are probably the best choices for the mountains of Arizona. This is anyone tuned in, probably not Phoenix. Once you're down to Black Canyon City and lower, not good. Higher elevation uh, from, from Spring Valley, Cordes Junction over to Camp Verde, Sedona, Flagstaff, Prescott, of course, Prescott Valley. There, we actually use, we, we use trees that need the cold. I would say Kingman. I mean, you all, you're, you've, you've got that wind over there, but it still gets cool. It gets really cool in the winter. So these plants need to be cool to really do thrive. The Phoenix plants, they don't want to be cold. They like to be hot. They like to grow fast. They like to grow 24-7 every month out of the year. That's not a spruce tree. Colorado spruce is probably the most famous of all of the mountain 
evergreen trees that look like a Christmas tree. Folks from the deserts, and they're not used to evergreen, they're not used to these mountain pines and spruce, they'll go, I don't know the name, but it looks like a Christmas tree. That's a Colorado spruce. That's it. So we all, we know instantly what they're asking for. Well, let me show them to you. So Colorado spruce are big. They're probably the fastest growing of all the spruce varieties that grow out there. I would say Colorado spruce, back rye spruce, and basically they're variations of Colorado spruce. Some are a little bluer, some are greener, but they all have that central leader trunk that goes right to the sky with swooping kind of branches that kind of come off that central, that main trunk. And as they age, they get the, the bottom branches will be longer than the top branches. They said that perfect Christmas tree kind of tear to it. Those trees need to rest in the winter. They're forming their buds right now for ne next spring's candle growth, next next seasons, next, you know, March, April, May, that that long elongated branch that comes out, that next layer of tree. They're forming that right now. They do that in the winter, elongate and grow in the spring. And they usually do it all at once and then they're done. So whatever you get in the spring, that kind of locks into place and it'll stay like that for the rest of the year. That's Colorado spruce. Colorado spruce is too big for a lot of a lot of landscapes. You don't put that in between the homes, in between your homes. It'll obliterate the entire side yards of both homes. So you want that out, out as a specimen, out in the front of the yard, by the mailbox, out in the backyard, by the corners. This is a big tree. It's going to go to 50 feet tall and 20 feet wide. They make variations of that that are dwarfed or shorter. So some that are, and generally they'll be bluer or more silvery blue. Those are going to be your baby blue eyes. It's very blue. It's a shorter needle, denser, and it doesn't get, gets a third the size of a Colorado spruce, but still has that same layering, same central, central leader, central main branch, main trunk branches swooping off of that. It's very pretty, very blue. It's like a beautiful gal coming out of the out of the beauty's parlor i mean just you just go whoa that's pretty my gosh you can't look away that's a baby blue eyes it's really pretty another related to that a cousin of that is fat albert spruce fat albert is truly a it's a, it gets half the size of a colorado spruce but when you put them side by side it's very difficult to tell which one is which other than the colorado spruce is just going to get twice as big so, but you still get this beautiful layering to it. Fat Albert spruce also has more of a, a silvery kind of color to it. It's a real bright. These are very specialized grafted trees. So we're taking a, a, a hardy rootstock, then we're grafting a a a type of tree, a Fat Albert spruce, and we'll get take the mother plant, take a branch off of that. We'll graft it onto this root, and now we get this intense color from this perfect specimen. We want a perfect clone of that. We'll actually graft, take a piece of that and graft it under rootstock. So we get a cookie cutter, exact copy of that plant every single time. It's not true DNA you know, copying, but we're taking the branch, that exact plant, taking it off and making another one on another rootstock. So it's pretty specialized, but that's how you get these exact copies, this perfect specimen. And that's also how they get patents on this stuff. So there's lots... Probably most, I would say at least, what is that? I actually don't know the exact percentage. Probably over half 
of all the plants we sell here at Waters Garden Center, now we're dealing with the quality stuff, they all still have patents on them. They're brand new introductions, they're better variety, they're more disease resistant, have better color, bigger flowers, and they're just newer, better uh, uh, copies or, or specimens of the original that maybe your grandparents grew. So an echinaceous, we've, you know, the traditional is pink echinacea, it's kind of purple. Kind of boring. You know, we've sold thousands of those, but now we've got reds and Sienna Sunrise. It's this red and orange kind of together. There's all these new colors coming out that are really incredible. Those new ones are still in the patent. So I have to pay an extra quarter or whatever per plant to, to have that here. But it's so exciting. The new varieties. Your trees are the same way. Some of them are patented. So, so your Colorado spruce, no patent. It's been around forever. Baby Blue Eyes, the gentleman that created that, he's a brilliant individual up in Portland, Oregon area. He still has a patent on that, so every tree I sell, he gets a piece of it. So I pay extra for those, but boy, they really look good. Anyway, I went off. I don't know how I got onto that, but it's interesting, this agriculture thing that we do. Uh, uh, your pine trees. Oh, a pine... Yeah, let's go to pine trees. Let's do that. So pine trees. So they naturally grow well here in the mountains of Arizona. We've got huge pine forest. And so Austrian pine is probably the most famous. It looks like a ponderosa pine, long needles, but it holds its foliage right to the ground. So it makes a better kind of Christmas tree kind of, kind of plant. Again, a central trunk with branches that swoop off of that. A ponderosa, you're basically buying a trunk. And then the foliage is up there somewhere. You hardly see it. It just puts, it just litters, it litters uh, needles everywhere. Uh, Austrian pines, less so. And it's, it's more shapeless. It's a better landscape plant. Definitely a better living Christmas tree kind of plant than a ponderosa ever dreamed of being. Uh, pinion pines. We do have pinion pines. But again, we've got the single needle, the, our native one, but we also have a the one that they create the pinion pine nuts from. I think that one's a better one for here. Uh, that that It's got a chubbier needle to it. You can kind of put them side by side. That's a little bit bluer color, chubbier needle. It's kind of fuller, and it produces pine needles, pine nuts, excuse me, twice as fast. Within five, six years, you're going to have pine nuts off of uh, the, the the variety that we sell here at the here at Waters Garden Center. Anyway, pinion pines, a native, grows wild here. It's going to naturalize really easy. Another pine that's sort of like that has a blue, a really soft needle to it. It's called Vanderwolf pine. Think wolves, coyotes, Vanderwolf. Vanderwolves, they grow slow, and they're a small tree, so they're perfect for smaller yards, uh, right off the patio. As you enter to your house, they're not going to obliterate the, the views. They just don't get that big. Maybe in the teens, and they don't get that wide. Maybe not even six feet wide. But they're so soft. You can't walk by this pine tree without touching it. It's just so soft. And it's so pretty. The top of the needle is blue. The underside is white. It has this two-toned look to it. Very interesting. So Austrian pine has more of a green, traditional green look. This has blue. So a very, very strong, good grower. Uh, for here. Scotch pine looks more, it's a short needle pine. It grows very well in the mountains of Arizona, has a bluer tension. I think of it as a bigger pinion pine look, has kind of a wild look, less of a central leader, more of multi-branched, kind of bigger round tree. And then you know, junipers. 
uh, Arizona cypress, your traditional native type of plants. If you'd like to go more native stuff, you want to buy something to, to plant out there, you can use that. They're pretty decorated as living trees and then just planted outdoors. They're very pretty with lights on them. They come in rich greens, very deep greens like Spartan junipers, very silver blue like Wichita blue or blue arrow. Then Italian cypress are kind of a variation of the same thing. There's lots of juniper, cypress, cedar kind of plants that are very robust. Once they get established, you hardly care for them. They don't get bugs. Once once they're fully rooted, they tend to just go on their own. And they're really pretty decorated. So, but not traditional. I would say spruce, traditional. Pines, more traditional. Junipers, a little less. Anyway, lots to choose from right now if you're thinking living Christmas trees. And you can plant them in January. You can plant them right now and they'll thrive in your yard. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. You're in the area with your dream home on the inside, but surrounded by boring? A castle surrounded by rock is just so bland, but we can help. At Waters, we have a team of plant experts ready to dress up and decorate even the most boring of landscapes with something fresh, new, and evergreen. Plus, we deliver and plant for you. Designer plants with the experts to help you beautify your new abode. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for November are Camellia, Vanderwolf Pine, Flowering Pear, and English Ivy. English Ivy stays waxed green through winter forming a lush ground cover under large trees. Quickly climbs walls, pillars, arbors, and fences without support. Use English ivy to cascade over hanging baskets or tall planters with a perfectly shaped Alberta spruce in the middle. Shop exciting evergreen vines in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. We were talking about using living trees as Christmas trees, decoration inside, and then planting them outside if you need more landscape. Or donate it to Habitat for Humanity, or there's plenty of causes out there. Uh, But anyway, using a living tree, in your home, and then tint it out in the landscape later. Here's some insider tips. Don't leave it in the house for a month. These plants are outdoor plants. They like the outdoors. They like it cold. And what happens is when you bring them indoors, they start to wake up. They start to thinking, oh, so I guess winter's over. I should start growing. And so and they start to dry out. There's some things that happen. So really don't bring them in the house for more than a week, 10 days at most. So really shorter is better. There's ways to cheat it, putting humidifiers and all kinds of stuff. But really, as a general rule, don't leave it in. Don't put it in Thanksgiving Day and then leave it through the new year. Have a season. Decorate it outside on a patio, on, on a covered porch, and then roll it in as you as you celebrate the week prior or something. But don't leave it in there permanently. It tends to dry out. When you do have it in the house, Water it with ice cubes, ice cubes. Ice is the easiest way. It slowly, it's like an artificial drip system. It slowly melts. It cools down the roots, which the plant likes because it's an outdoor plant. And then it slowly waters. A plant uh, it just takes in more of that moisture. It's a great way to keep a, a living tree inside. 
healthier. And then don't forget, these are living trees. They've got dirt. They've got roots. Um, don't let the water go through the root and then stain your carpet or your tile or travertine or whatever. Probably put a saucer, plastic, uh, something underneath that, that plant as you roll it in. Uh, it'll, it'll save you some heartache for cleaning the carpets later. Just some school of hard knocks I've seen people deal with. When you bring it back outdoors, let it get used to the cold again. So it's gotten used to the warmth. Now it's got to get used to the cold. When you take it outside, keep it in an unheated garage for a week. Keep it next to a south-facing wall to your house. Put it underneath a carport, uh, that back patio that's 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 kind of covered. Get it outside. Let it get to that ambient temperature, but don't just put it right out there and let it go to nine degrees. That's going to be hard on it. It'll probably survive, but it's just hard. Let it get used to that. Let it acclimate back to that colder climate. So let it get used to it. And you keep it out there for a week. It's pretty. Put it by the front door. Let it by the house. It's amazing how much warmth your house throws off and keeps that plant, kind of insulates that plant, lets it get used to the cold again. After a week, go plant it. Put it right in the yard. There, There could be an inch of snow on the ground. It doesn't matter. The plant doesn't care. They like that. And so dig your hole three times as wide as the root ball, same depth as the root ball. Add some mulch. Probably these these are evergreens. They're generally going to be very drought-hardy plants. They don't like soggy soil. And so make sure that soil perks. Make sure it drains. Adding a bag of mulch to that native yucky soil that we have really helps the water perk through or, or drain through that soil. It also encourages root development. Pack it around, water it in really well, and then you're going to be watering through winter about well, a couple times a month. Just pick a nice day, water it in, and that that plant will just keep. It'll have, probably keep rooting for you, uh, and then it will come out with strong new growth next spring. Because already we're seeing these evergreens budding up. You're seeing I call them buttons. Now at the end of the branches, you're seeing little nodes, uh, candle nodes. That's where the new growth is going to elongate next spring. If you've got a native tree out there already, you've got a spruce tree. It's, it's already 12 feet tall and beautiful. If, if you give that tree some aluminum sulfate and some all-purpose food right now, you'll get better, silvery, richer color out of that plant. So fertilize with the 744 all-purpose food. That's going to that's gonna elongate, get longer candle growth. But then also, in addition, it's another powder, aluminum sulfate. It's a, it's a regular, pretty inexpensive stuff. Put, put some of that around your colored, your silver-colored plants. It'll really bring out that color of those plants. That's how you get the most out of those evergreens. Well, it's been good hanging out with you this week. Everyone enjoy your Thanksgiving. And if you need garden help, you know, come see me. I camp out here at Waters Garden Center throughout the week. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for fall planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines and lots of sizes to choose from. But the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. 
There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.